0: This is Mark Halleck and welcome to the Leading Church Revitalization podcast. This podcast is designed to encourage and equip you for the work of leading church revitalization in your context. I really hope and pray you will be helped and you'll be encouraged and you might even be a little bit inspired in our time together because here's the truth, there's a lot of churches people have given up on that God is just not done with. So thanks for coming by and let's link arms together to replant and revitalize churches for the glory of God and for our joy in Him. One of the challenges and sad realities in church revitalization is that a dying or declining church has most likely become a non-factor in their community. People don't care about what's going on in that particular church. Those in the neighborhood, if we're just being honest, they may not even know that the church is doing anything anymore. And this should really bother us. In fact, this ought to be one of the reasons why we want to see a church revitalized in the first place. To see a congregation become a lighthouse for the sake of the gospel in a community that desperately needs it. If this is going to happen, we have to get serious about getting into the neighborhood. We got to get into the neighborhood. And so to help us do this well, there are three words that I want to discuss and talk about over the next three weeks on the podcast that I believe can help drive and direct Our community engagement. And the three words are these know, serve, and network. And so this week we're going to talk about knowing your community. Next week we're going to be talking about serving your community. And then the third week we're going to talk about networking in or within your community. The bottom line is this in revitalization, knowing, serving, and networking are critical to loving your community with passion and persistence and purpose. First, what does it mean to know your community, and how do you get to know it? That's what I want to talk about today. The bottom line is this. We must get to know our community well, and we do this through what I would call cultural exegesis. Now, that word exegesis is a theological word that refers to critically interpreting or explaining the scriptures, Exegesis analyzes the words of a particular passage of the Bible through the lens of their original context to determine its intent. Now, good exegesis is what helps us rightly understand a text's meaning and purpose. This kind of thoughtful exegesis is what we want to do not only with the Word of God, but within the community and culture where we serve. We want to be good exegetes, good interpreters of the community where we are ministering. In other words, we want to understand and interpret rightly what is happening in the community and why. And this involves knowing the community as it is presently, as well as what it has looked like historically. Now, practically speaking, what are some of the ways that we can do this? What are some of the ways we can get to know a community and exegete it well? Well, let me just offer 10 helpful ideas, and these are not original with me. These uh, have been written on and proposed by Chuck Lawless, who's done a great deal of helpful work in this area. Of course, this is not an exhaustive list, but I found these 10 things incredibly effective when getting to know the community you are serving. So let's go through these. Number one, study the demographics of the community surrounding the church. Doing a demographic study simply means doing some basic sociological research. You want to research this community and get all of the current data you can. For instance, what types of folks live there? What income levels are represented? How diverse is this area ethnically, economically, and educationally? Are there any new businesses? What businesses haven't made it and why? How healthy are the schools? Do most families send their kids to public school or private school or home school? These are the types of questions you want to ask and get answered. I would encourage you to do as much research demographically on this community as you can. It will help you immensely as you seek to reach people with the gospel in different ways. Number two, meet with school principals and teachers in the area schools. The reality is that teachers typically know as much about a community as anyone, for good or for bad, since they're with students and families all the time. The reason I would reiterate public school teachers is because they can clue you in on a more diverse group of people. At least on a basic level, you want to get to know the principals and teachers at the elementary, middle, and high schools in your area. Work to build a relationship of trust with these important influencers in your community. While it takes time and effort, your work here will bear much fruit over time. Number three, try to spend time with local government leaders. Government leaders are another group of men and women to pursue and build relationship with if you are coming in to revitalize a dying church. Lawless is wise when he writes this. He says, even if you disagree politically with the leaders, develop friendships with them. You need to know these influencers in your community. They can be reservoirs of information about past community struggles, current needs, and future plans. Plus, they will likely need a pastor at some point in their lives. As a pastor and a leader in the community, it's completely acceptable to sit down and get to know some of the government officials in your area because you are there to serve the needs of people. This is especially true if you're in a smaller town, though I would say even within a big city. You want these officials to know that there's a church with a pastor who cares about the community. Number four, set aside one day a week just to hang out in the community. Here's what I mean. This is a particularly crucial uh, strategy, I would say, in your first year at a church. Intentionally visit different restaurants and get on a first-name basis with the staff. Spend time studying at the local library. Shop at local mom-and-pop stores. Volunteer. I guarantee your local school or park could use the help. Volunteer in some capacity. Prayer walk the streets. Strike up conversations with people at a local coffee shop. Get to know as many people in the community as you can. That's my point. The goal is to try to spend at least a day or two outside of the church building among the people in that community every week. That's my challenge to you. Number five, learn from other local pastors and church leaders. While many pastors sadly do a poor job of building intentional relationships with other pastors in their area, I hope you will lead differently. Be the pastor and church who loves the other pastors and churches in that community. This begins by truly getting to know them. They need to know that you are for this community, that you are for them and their church and that you desire to learn from them. This is where humility comes into play. Put yourself under these other pastors and leaders and learn from them. Many have probably been in the area for years, perhaps decades, and they have much wisdom to share. Ask them key questions like, what are some of the obstacles to the gospel they've experienced in this community? What are some of the idols in this community? What do people love to do? How do people spend their money around here? Where do people go on the weekends? How committed are people to local churches? Which churches in the community are growing and why? Getting answers to these types of questions will help you more effectively reach and minister to people. Learn from other local church leaders. Number six, learn the history of your community. Get to know the story. Get to know the history of the community where you are serving. Would have been some major successes in the past? What have been some major failures? I know in Inglewood, where I serve, there are folks that still dream of the glory days when Cinderella City, yes, that's what it was called Cinderella City, which was a huge mall in the second half of the twentieth century. This was a, a day where it was flourishing. This Cinderella City was the thing, man. People from all over Denver would come to Cinderella City. The economy was flourishing. Back then, uh, man, things were great. This community was growing. The city uh, was alive. This mall, Cinderella City, was the hottest mall, literally, west of the Mississippi. And so you can imagine it was a sad day when years later they had to tear it down. The people of Inglewood took great pride in it. It was a source of identity for the community, and now it was gone. The memory of Cinderella City still affects life here, and I I needed to understand that. I needed to understand when I came to Calvary, the massive ways losing Cinderella City changed the culture of Inglewood and how it affected many people on a deep level, as though the glory days were now behind us. And what was there really to look forward to in this community as we look to the future? Now, I share this example simply to say this. Be intentional to study the history of the community where you are ministering. You'll be amazed how the history, for good or bad, influences the community today. Number seven, try to ride around with an officer on duty. Listen, if you've never done this, let me encourage you to do it. If there's not a police officer in your church, ask other pastors in the area if they know one or just check out uh, the local police station. Just drop by and see if a ride along is a possibility for you as a new pastor in the community. One of the reasons riding with a police officer is so insightful is because you're able to learn about specific needs within the community that you simply wouldn't learn any other way. Police officers, man, they see it all. And so as a pastor, you want local law enforcement to know that you are with them and you are for them, that you and your church are there to help support them and partner with them however you can to serve the community. Number eight, spend time visiting with those you meet in the community. Don't be afraid to just talk with random people in the community. Seriously, just talk to people. And learn from them. One of the ways you can do this is to interview them. Now, here's what I mean by interviewing them. This isn't some weird, creepy thing I'm thinking about here. Simply ask them questions about the community and then listen. Uh, Let them know you're new to the community. You're new to the area and you're wanting to learn more about it. What are people into? What do people love to do? If the person you're interviewing has lived in the area for a long time, ask them what they liked or didn't like about growing up there. How do they like living in the area now? Ask them what they perceive to be some of the greatest challenges and needs in the community. You get the idea. There's so much to learn by simply asking people questions and then listening well. I know this was huge for me when I first moved uh, to Calvary and began to get to know the community of Inglewood. This doesn't have to be as awkward as it might sound. Seriously, be you. Simply be you. Love people. And sure, some won't be interested in engaging with you in conversation. Some are going to look at you weird, but I guarantee you others will love it. Give it a shot. See what you can learn. Number nine, map out where everyone in your congregation lives. This is a big one. As a church leader, you need to know where those in your congregation spend their lives. This includes the main neighborhoods they occupy and how spread out they are or are not across the community. This is good to know as it can help you be strategic in mobilizing your people to live on mission in their neighborhoods. Now, when I say map it out, I mean literally get a map, buy a map, or make one. Put a thumbtack on wherever a family in your church lives and then hang it up in your office so you can look at it regularly. This is especially helpful when you're just starting off at the church. You can use this map to help you intentionally pray for people to aid you in your home visitation ministry, and to keep track of strategic areas to plan future outreach events and group opportunities. It may also be eye-opening to see where your congregation works, which might open up entirely new pockets of town for your church to influence. Finally, number 10, prayer walk or prayer drive around the community. Whether you are prayer walking or prayer driving the community, these are great ways to help you intentionally pray for your community on a regular basis. As you pray, ask God to give you his eyes for the area. Your prayer might be, Lord, show me the needs in this community that I wouldn't normally see. Help me and help our church to know how we can meet those needs in a helpful, God-glorifying way. Lord, break my heart over the things that break your heart in this community. I would encourage you to schedule intentional times to pray like this. Create an event on your calendar that blocks off an hour or so to go through your community each week just to pray. You may want to invite others to join you. And as you pray, watch what God does in you and through you as he helps you to fall more in love with the people he has prepared you to serve in his name. And that's where we're going to go next week. Next week, join us as we talk about as you're reaching this community, what does it look like to serve this community in the name of Jesus? I hope you'll join me then. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast today. Hey, as you continue to grow, I want to point you in the direction of a book called Leading Church Revitalization. This entire podcast is really built on and based on that book. You can pick it up at Amazon.com today. Also, check out comapress.org. Acoma Press is committed to putting out resources to help encourage and equip you as a revitalizer or a replanter. It's also very committed to help equip congregations that are struggling and facing serious decline. And one last thing, I would love to stay in touch with you. So let's connect on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Any way I can serve you, I would love to do that. Man, I can't wait till we're together next time. Thanks so much for stopping by. God bless you all.